The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's a game preview edition for the AFC Championship game. We made it back. The Chiefs are back all this time, waiting for this moment, back to where the the heartbreak happened last time, here to help me break this game down, get you ready for another AFC Championship game in Arrowhead. First, find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina, Maddie Lane. How excited are you for this football game? I could not be more excited for a game to get here and come and go so that I can go into my Sunday night knowing that the Chiefs are Super Bowl bound. They oh. got past all of this curse nonsense. Ooh. They get past the Titans who have their number. We no longer have to worry about having one of the most boring Super Bowls of all time where two teams run a combined 86 times. <laughs> I cannot wait for Sunday to be over so we can get past all that nonsense and we can just focus on the fact that the Chiefs scored 51 points last week and it still seems like an afterthought because Derrick Henry runs well. <laughs> you you going to introduce Craig or do I need to do that? No, that's all you. I had to get my rant Swanson out, so now it's just back to you. I took over your body. I'm passing me to you. you got to continue on with me for the rest of this podcast. Find him on Twitter at BarleyHop. Craig Stout is back. Hello, friend. Hello, friend. How is everybody doing today? I am back. I am very sad that I missed this early week one because I really wanted to talk about the Chiefs just beating the pants off of the (laughs) Houston Texans. My goodness, we spotted them 24 points and they still won by 20. I just can't. I love it so much. Just love it so much. I'm ready to talk about this week. Yeah, let's just jump into this real quick. Do you have like any thoughts on being an Arrowhead for the game? Any anything you want to share about that experience? The emotions? You're hanging out with Bearcat. I mean, there's plenty that could have happened there. Bearcat and the Amateur Hour guys, and Aww. yeah, it was it was a good time. Um, I, there were Demarcus Robinson was going to have a hard time walking out of that stadium if <laughs> if that game had gone. <laughs> A different way. My goodness, there were there were some people that were ready to write that team off at the end of the first quarter. I stayed resilient because it was early. And because, you know, sitting where we were, we were able to kind of see some of the offensive concepts and the way that they were drawn up. They were good. We knew we were getting good Andy. They just weren't executing. So 
kind of, you know, was sitting there in the stands just going, you know, if they could just click a little bit more, you know, bring some of these in, I think that this is a closer game and obviously freak special teams accident. I'd like, Come on, Dave. Dave Tobe was getting yelled at. I, I was definitely yelling at Uncle Good. Dave. But yeah, by the time it, it clicked over, I mean, we were we were basically saying it was over when it was twenty four fourteen. The Texans were still up ten, and it was nah. It's over, guys. You're not you're not going to stop this. It's going to be over. We just didn't realize that Chiefs are going to be up by uh, by four at the end of the a, first half. My goodness, it was a comeback blowout. It I mean, was, there's no other way wonderful. to describe it. It was so delightful. wonderful. It was so much uh, fun. If you uh, if you like the show, feel free to subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts so you can get uh, those into your feed. If you like the show a lot, we'd love a five-star review. We try to answer those questions. Um, we have a five-star review question that we wanted to get out there because it's not really a question. It's just a request um cadet kansas asks love the podcast especially how much all of you guys put into it it's clear uh there's a lot uh and that there's a lot of effort and it comes you know through in the quality of the show thank you the question matt this friday january 17th the day this podcast posts most of the organized fan groups around outside of kc are showing how far the cheese kingdom reaches by encouraging all of their members to post their support using the hashtag Kingdom Without Borders. Maddie, will you join us? We're trying to cover every state. Are you going to do it, Maddie? I will absolutely do that for you guys, and I'll do you one better. We have listeners that listen to our podcast from all over the world. We know there's people from across many oceans, many other countries that listen to us. They have wrote in, asked us questions before. We will ask you guys, you listeners all around the world, all over the United States and beyond, Use this hashtag right here, Kingdom Without Borders. Post it on your social media, wherever you want to. Let everybody around know the Chiefs fans are not just in Missouri. We're everywhere. We're one of the best fan groups in the entire NFL, not even just the NFL, the entire sports world. Let us all know. I would love to see that trending on all different sorts of social media come tomorrow. We'll try to retweet as many as we can, too. We'll show some love out there. We'll We'll connect the world. Let's get this going. Let's do this. I'm hype, man. Uh, the next episode of this show is going to be done at the Senior Bowl. Me and Craig will be there. Maddie could not make it this year, uh, but we'll we'll be giving you a reaction of uh, of what happened in this game and hopefully talking about a senior or a, a Super Bowl. Now, Kent, you wanted an upbeat, positive podcast full of joy, and you're going to throw that right <laughs> there at the beginning. And now I just have to whimper oh, through no. the yeah, rest of I'm it. I'm sorry, buddy. I feel bad. I just thought I'd let people know before I forgot. Uh, it's it's a bummer. It and is. honestly, honestly, I hope all of our media pals in Kansas City can't make it either because that means that there's a lot of media responsibilities for the Chiefs being in the freaking Super Bowl. Just going to be Kit and I walking around Mobile trying to soak up all the other fan bases love as opposed to last year when we were in Mobile and all the other fan bases wanted to buy us drinks because they felt bad for us. Yeah, there was a lot of condolences out there for us the last time. Let's go ahead and start previewing this football game. We've got three storylines on offense and defense to talk about, and I think we have to start with a fast start. That, I think, is a critical piece of this football game. The offense needs to play like they're down 24 nothing because that version of the offense was sharp. It was sexy. It was unstoppable. That group 
offensively was what we were hoping to see the entire season. That terrifying, scary, instant scoring, explosive offense that this team has kind of been building to, it seems like. I I think for this game, Derrick Henry, we're going to talk about Derrick Henry today, obviously. The best way to slow Derrick Henry down is to just beat the living crap out of the Titans' defense. Score points, put points on the board, put the pressure on them to deviate away from just turning around and handing the ball off, Matty. Oh, for sure. Starting fast is going to be big for the Chiefs, and it's not even just to alter what the Titans are trying to do on offense, but I think getting a jump out on this Titans' defense is equally as important. Through these first two playoff games the Titans have played, They've pretty much deployed three different defenses for the Patriots, the first half half versus the Ravens, and the second half versus the Ravens. They're playing all sorts of these different coverages, using different personnel. They've had very specific, very situational game plans picked out for these different opponents, different times of the game. Here's the thing. The Chiefs come out. They start fast. They start lighting the the Titans up. They make them get off their game. They make them forget what their situational plans were for this. Maybe they have to get out of what they were trying to do for another time. You get up on them early. You make them be scared to play man coverage because Tyree Kill's beating them over the top. You make them be afraid to play soft zones because Travis Kelsey's settling down everywhere. You make them second-guess their game plan. Don't let them dictate the game like they've done through these last two weeks. And I think you're sitting pretty and you're well on your way to scoring another 30, 40 points in this one. Yeah, I, you have to get out quick. Absolutely have to get out quick. It's paramount. The Titans offense, as opposed to the Chiefs offense, Wants to come out, start the game with a nine-minute drive all the way down the field for a touchdown. They also want to start the second half with that. They aren't necessarily counting on scoring a much more than that. Like, that's what they want to do. They want to take time off the clock, couple of touchdowns, a couple of field goals, and be able to ice the game. They can do that if they're up or if the game is close. If the Chiefs come out, if we get Andy Reid's good first 15 and the Chiefs Woo. are executing, you you actually have Demarcus Robinson, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill catching the ball, executing, then the Titans may find themselves in a two-score hole in that first quarter. If that's the case, they will bail on Derrick Henry so fast. Ryan Tannehill will be throwing the ball more, play action you know, drops out completely. It is absolutely imperative that the Chiefs execute well at a high level this week right off the bat and that Andy Reid gets his good first 15 out. A storyline I don't think was really covered great uh, this this week. For, from the Texans game is how great the pass protection was. I, mm-hmm. I think we touched on it last week, but we probably didn't do it enough justice. I, that group was really, really sharp, and I think Pat was really sharp too. Uh, I think those two in tandem led to a very successful day uh, in pass protection and throwing the football because I thought they were I thought they were on point the entire day. I think that's gonna happen. I think that's gotta happen again. Hopefully, can this pass protection hold up uh, against a, a pretty good front from from Tennessee. They've got some guys that can disrupt off the edge and in the middle. Uh, Maddie, what do you think? Can you think this group can hold up again? 
Yeah, it's a completely different test this week, I think, because Harold Landry is kind of the main Titans pass rusher off the edge. Across from him, they have Kimalea Correa, who's another. Both guys are very fast. They're speed outside rushers. They're coming from wider alignments off the outside. They're trying to bend underneath your offensive tackles, get pressure from behind the quarterback. That's something that did hurt Patrick Mahomes earlier this season when rushers were able to come from a wide alignment, get behind your tackles as he kind of dropped too far back. That's not really Whitney Merciless or J.J. Watt's game. So Patrick Mahomes wasn't pressed too much deep in the pocket. Now, he did an excellent job when he was, and the protection was incredible regardless. But these are just a little bit different kind of rushers. Then up the middle, you have a lot of thick, stout bodies of the Titans that are good at pushing and squeezing down the pocket. They do a good job holding contain, or it did against Lamar Jackson. And then Jarrell Casey's getting a little bit older but he's still got reps in him where he looks absolutely unstoppable. So you do have to worry about I mean, this, this pass rush. But at the same time, when the biggest fear, I think, is coming from that outside speed rush, like that's what I think would hold back the Chiefs the most. You have your two best offensive linemen, and they are coming off two incredible games, and Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, they play tackle. So I feel like pretty good there. And the big reason that you need this pass protection to hold up you got to run some longer developing routes to beat good man coverage often against the Titans. you got to run those deep crossers, those deep over routes that see Tyreek Hill or McCole Hardman run from the left side of the field to the right side. You need more than 2.5 seconds sometimes. you really got to have that protection hold up. If you're going to challenge the Titans defense vertically, you're going to challenge their coverage across the field and really beat some of their man coverage concepts. Let's, let's rewind to week 10, just after this game. Uh, all of us are sitting around talking about how Andy Reid doesn't call man beaters anymore. Andy Reid doesn't know how to operate when he doesn't have his full complement of weapons, when he's not just relying on Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey to just go out and beat man, or Sammy Watkins to go out and beat man. He wasn't dialing those up. We got to see Andy here at the end of the year is starting to open those up a little bit more again. We're starting to see more of the 2018 looks. We're starting to see more of the pass protection that's allowing Patrick Mahomes to stay active and, you know, escape things. I think that watching last week should help instill some faith in everybody watching this. Last time that Mahomes played this Titans offense, he didn't trust his knee. He was still not mobile. He was still pretty statuesque in the pocket there. So I wouldn't expect that you're going to see even remotely the same attack by the Titans based on what they saw last week, nor the same approach that Mahomes and these tackles had. Cam Irving was his tackle last time. Martinez Rankin was playing left guard and then right tackle for a snap and then done for the year because of Cam Irving. So there was a lot of things that happened. <laughs> there was a lot of pressure in Mahomes' face. I expect that this pass protection will, will just be so much better than the last one, and Mahomes' mobility should allow him to get more time, like Matty said, to beat man coverage. Well, something Craig touched on there, we did question throughout the year, kind of what were the Chiefs doing trying to beat man coverage? And we saw later in the year, you started to see their plan like change. The offensive philosophy changed once guys got back and got healthy. You've seen a lot more with Travis Kelsey isolated by himself on one side of the formation. That Y-ISO look of Travis Kelsey, yep. 
there's not very many players in the entire NFL that can cover him one-on-one. So if you do that, that's already going to alter all the extra help coverage. And what the Chiefs have been doing a ton with that is they're putting Tyreek Hill in as one of the slot receivers from the trip side across from Travis right. Kelsey. That puts so much pressure on the defense, especially man coverage, to defend Travis Kelsey one-on-one, and then Tyree Kill from that inside slot. He can run vertical. He can run outside or across the field. You have to give help to both of those guys, and it makes it impossible. Then you deal with your typical switch release kind of stuff from the trips. It's been a lot better as the years have gone on. You've seen more pre-snap motion, more alignment changes like that, and you've seen the Chiefs have a lot better luck against man coverage as the years have gone on. I think you see a lot more of that stuff continue from last week that we saw against the Texans. I think the last thing we need to talk about offensively, I mean, there's plenty of things we could talk about more, but <laughs> I think from the red the red zone offense last week was exceptional. I think they went 7 of 8 in the red zone. They were uh, having a lot of success. A lot of it was out of structure, but they found a lot of success still. Maddie, do you think the red zone offense can continue? So it's a combination of things here. The Chiefs, you watch the Chiefs red zone offense, there's a lot of rollouts, especially when they get near the end zone. It's a lot of rollouts and shrinking of the field. I personally, and I know plenty of others, don't like that. I don't like already operating on a small field, shrinking it even more by rolling out. But when you look at the Chiefs, what the problem is in the red zone, their passing offense is essentially mesh concepts with everybody crossing over the middle or those rollouts. And the reason for it is that's where their receivers excel. The Chiefs receivers are good crossing each other in those small spaces, running away from defenders. They don't really have your fade or box out kind of guys, maybe Travis Kelsey, but that's about it. So you start seeing all those rollouts last week and then you see Patrick Mahomes out of structure finding Kelsey or finding other people. To do that against the Titans is going to be difficult. In the red zone, they play one of the they're one of the most man coverage heavy teams in the red zone. And what they do a really good job of is their defensive backs play their leverage really well. So they're going to force your receivers to run inside where all their help is. They're going to give you the fade routes in the corner of the end zone. And that's just routes the Chiefs don't usually take advantage of. They might have to in this game to connect on some of these red zone trips, something they weren't really able to do the first time they played the Titans. I would look for those swing passes out of the backfield in in the red zone for the Chiefs. I I think we saw it. Uh, It was a great play to Damian Williams against Houston. I would expect to see a little bit more of that, maybe a little more misdirection. You know, try try and get those guys matched up against inferior coverage defenders, knowing that you've got the speed because they do want to funnel everything to the middle of the field there. Don't try and rely on your guys to do that when, you know, the Titans can play with the boundary, basically, where they don't have to get the same depth. That space isn't there. And so, therefore, you've got to rely on your guys to run crisp, precise routes and throw into tight windows. Try and get it out of the backfield. Try and get it into the flats. Maybe some more screen work, you know, bubbles, jets, things like that. I would be on the lookout for that in the red zone this week. I think the good thing going for the Chiefs is yes if 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 the structure of the play hopefully the structures of the play work with with more success the good news is you have the best out of structure player in the National Football League mm-hmm. uh you know things I mean even in those plays where they're sprinting out and, and the play kind of breaks down and it's kind of having to 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 play that out of structure a little bit limited space Mahomes still found some work you don't want to lean on that you don't want that to be your red zone offense, uh, but if 
if things don't work cleanly, you still got that creativity. And, and I think it's it, maybe not seven of eight good, but <laughs> I hopefully they're in there seven times or eight times. If they're in there if they're in the red zone eight times, they're winning the football game by a lot. Yes. Like let's just be honest. Players to watch. Craig, who are you watching? Uh, I'm watching this week. Uh, same person that I watched last week. JJ Watt's dad. Uh, Stone Cold <laughs> Eric Fisher. Uh, Eric Fisher missed this first matchup against the Titans. We got to see Cam Irving in there. That was kind of Cam's worst game. And that was saying something at that, that point. That was saying a lot. Yeah. I f- went and I kind of looked up how the offense had performed. And obviously, there's so many other variables than just your left tackle being on the field. But the Chiefs are undefeated when Eric Fisher has played a full game. They've scored 32 points a game, and they've allowed less than a sack a game. When he's not on the field, they're 5-4, and four, 27 points a game, and allowing two sacks a game. Eric Fisher has allowed Patrick Mahomes to feel so much more comfortable. The offense has just clicked better when he's been on the field. I know that seems like common knowledge that everybody should understand, but I just really think that maybe we're underestimating a little bit the integrity of having this full offensive line together and how much that means for what Andy Reid can do and the types of offensive output that we can expect for the rest of the Super Bowl run. I'm about to make Kent mad. I'm picking two players and this is my payback for him making me sad about going down to the senior bowl to start this podcast. <laughs> so first and foremost, Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill has owned a Dory Jackson. Most fast wide receivers have owned a Dory Jackson because he's also very fast and he trusts his speed. The problem is he plays a little lazy, a little loose with his technique, lets guys get behind him too often. Tyree Kill has made him pay in the past. I think he will do it again if the Titans are not going to dedicate one of their deep safeties, usually Kevin Byard, to helping over the top. That's huge for the rest of the offense. If that safety has to help bracket Tyree Kill, that opens up everything else. So that's just one matchup to watch. But the player that I'm most excited to see, I think, is Damian Williams. He's not doing a lot as a runner still. He still just kind of does his thing. He's always a threat to break a home run, you know, run, but it's in the passing game. Damian Williams is running incredibly hard right now. And if he gets just a little bit of space, he could really make some linebackers that aren't always the most athletic for these Titans or even some of their safeties. I think he's a big mismatch in the mountain space. So I'm looking for Damian Williams, like Craig said, on those swing routes in the red zone, maybe getting some more wheel routes with him. I'm not necessarily when he split out wide like the Chiefs do occasionally. I like him coming out of the backfield on some of these routes, getting those favorable matchups and making Rashawn Evans or Woodyard or even J. Ron Brown, if he comes back and plays, make him make them chase him in the open field and vertically. I think he could have another big splash play or two. Make him chase make him chase him on those little slips they get in those little slip rubs they get him from one side of the field in the backfield, out the back door the other way, like they did against the Ravens. I think they tried that this week as well. I think those are great great looks that you could probably get with him. My guy Sammy Watkins. I, I talked I talked last week that Sammy Watkins has had a lot of success in the playoffs and that's continued. Sammy looks good. He looks healthy. He looked explosive. He looked physical this week uh against the Texans. He looks like he's a capable football player who's ready to make some plays for this team. Keep an eye on him again. Especially if 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 Tyreek Hill and and Travis Kelsey are going to continue to get the attention that they deserve. Sammy Watkins is the guy that is most primed to to reap the benefits of that. I he, I liked what I saw from him this week with two big catches. 
Looking explosive, making some people miss. Keep that up, Sam. Keep that up. Let's go win this football game. And I think you're going to have some success uh, if, if the Chiefs are going to win it. We're going to take Wait, a break. Here's a question before we take oh. a break. Do you think that the Titans are just going to try and stick Logan Ryan on Sammy Watkins for most of the day? Samuel eat. Yeah. I ain't, I ain't scared. I, I like Logan Ryan, but I, I, I think that that's probably the better matchup based on what Matt said about Adoree Jackson's speed. Absolutely. I, I think I think that's what the Titans should do. If you're not gonna if you're not gonna double Tyree Kill, I think that's what you, you should do. If you're gonna double Tyree Kill, I would probably let Logan Ryan stay on Tyree Kill because I think he's better underneath than Adoree Jackson would be. But at the same time, like Logan Ryan versus Sammy Watkins in a one on one, I think is a good matchup that the Chiefs should have some big plays on. But I would not be surprised to see Logan Ryan make some plays on the ball as well. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. All right, we're going to take a break now. <laughs> we'll be back to preview the defense right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Time to preview the defensive side of the football for Chiefs-Titans in the AFC Championship game. I think we I, we all know what we're starting with on defense. Ryan Tannehill. How many resources should the Chiefs devote to stopping Derrick Henry, Craig? Uh, all of them that they can while still having a coverage player manned up against the receivers. Seriously, I they've talked a lot this week because, of course, they have. They've been asked about Derrick Henry all the time this week. They've talked a lot about trusting the front to do their job and making the secondary, the deep safety in the corners, just do their job. That means that they're just going to try and devote the front to stopping Derrick Henry. The last time that these two teams met, the Titans lined up in 12 personnel for 40, uh, sorry, for 28% of the snaps. They had another 4% and another 6% that were heavy personnel as well. That is high for NFL teams. The Chiefs came out in their 4-3 and got absolutely run over. It's not as simple as just put Reggie Ragland in the box and expect that good things are going to happen because Reggie Ragland played in the box in that first matchup. They got run all over. Most of Derrick Henry's yardage came against the Chiefs' heavy personnel. That's going to be hard to do. Now, 
they have Terrell Suggs. They have a healthier Frank Clark. They have a Mike Pinnell that should be active. Colin Saunders is coming along. Derek Nottie. They're playing better football than they were. Chris Jones, as you might remember, had to play defensive end in this game due to injuries. So he was kind of thrust into that role and didn't look particularly good doing it. Nope. I would. <laughs> Cut back laying on that big touchdown. Yes, absolutely. And Derek Henry will hit that all day long. But I do think that they're going to try and stack the box. They're going to try and bring Honey Badger up into the box as much as possible. And they're going to try and just make Derrick Henry run through a forest of guys, which he can do, but to try and mitigate that as much as possible. The trickiest part, I mean, you there's no easy way to tackle Derrick Henry, especially in January. Everyone's bodies are beat down a little bit. He's 250 pounds. He moves very, very well. And his offensive line is kicking a butt left and right, and that lets him get that a little bit of a runway. He gets ahead of steam going. He makes one cut, and he's just plowing through anybody in the way. So just simply tackling him is no easy task. I think what you did see from the Ravens game that you really take home, Marcus Peters did in fact tackle Derrick Henry one-on-one. It caught a lot of people's attention because of his you know, <sighs> rep going on. But what was going on? Derrick Henry's feet weren't moving. Yeah, his back was to Marcus Peters too, which helps, but he wasn't already moving. He didn't have a head of steam yet. Derrick Henry, for as many tackles as he breaks, for as strong as he is, when he doesn't have momentum behind him and you hit him in the waist or below, he goes down pretty often. He's a guy that runs really well with momentum, but from a standstill, he doesn't make anyone miss, and he's not going to drop a shoulder and just plow you if he's not already moving very often. You need to have your defensive line get in the backfield. You cannot lose the matchup to their offensive line or Derrick Henry's going to have a huge game. You have to be able to make him make those cuts, but they can't be the wide-open cut with Chris Jones is a little bit late closing down. You have to make him hesitate, move laterally, and not just make one cut and explode through a hole. You make him change directions, he becomes a lot easier to tackle, and those six, seven-yard gains become three- or four-yard gains every time, and that's where you really start to chip away at what the Titans are trying to do because then you don't have to bring as many guys into the box if your defensive line can do that. Any variables that you create behind the line of scrimmage for Derrick Henry is a massive advantage to stopping him. It's just any, uh, any minor adjustment that he has to make, the variables change and his ability to to bust a big run becomes significantly less. I think the Titans. I don't care. I don't know whatever personnel grouping that the Titans line up in. That that line. That offensive line has been great. Mm-hmm. They can run it out of any personnel grouping that they want to throw out there. So they can kind of pick and choose what they think is going to be best. Uh, it's going to fall on the defensive line. I mean, it just is. Those those guys have to have a a good week this or a, a good week. I mean, they do. They've got to have success up front uh, because. It, the Titans have been able to gash people in 11 and 12 and you know whatever I, they have. They just they've they've found a lot of success. So um, that's that's got to be a focal point there. Play action pass game, Maddie. If they're gonna be if they're gonna be running the ball, they're gonna try to be running play action alpha. That's been something that they've been doing all year. And this is where Ryan Tannehill has been incredibly dangerous. Now every quarterback's better off play action and they aren't not on play action. And there's not a direct correlation between a good running attack and play action passing. That being said, go back and watch Ryan Tannehill's touchdown throw the long one against the Ravens. All 11 Ravens players bite on the run, fake to Derrick Henry, 
and you have a wide receiver who does a good job running into Marlon Humphrey's blind spot, but the deep safety is nowhere to be found because he bit on the run fake. You cannot do that if you're the Chiefs. If you're the deep safety, if you're an outside corner, any player with deep zone responsibilities, or you have a man in coverage, whether it's a tight end, the third tight end, a wide receiver, the 18th wide receiver on their team, as we saw the first time against the Titans, it doesn't matter. You have to cover your man or your zone deep if you're one of those deep defenders. You, I understand the desire to want to go get ta- tackled there. Can You have to get bodies. You have to get them down. But the Titans are living to throw these deep bombs off play action. You have to. If you have deep coverage responsibilities, you have to stay true. You would rather give up the 15-yard run to Derrick Henry after he broke a tackle or rely on someone else to tackle him than make sure you're adding an extra help tackle to it just so you don't get beat over the top by a wide receiver whose name I can't even remember that torched the Ravens. Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond, yes. Because he torched the Chiefs too. <laughs> That's wide receiver 18. It. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, eyes. It's about the eyes in the secondary this week. Trust your eyes. Play with good, you know, good coverage responsibility. Everything that Maddie said there. But it's not just the deep stuff that they get Tannehill working with. Ryan Tannehill bootlegs a lot, and they like to bootleg off of an outside zone with an unblocked backside defensive end. Now, if that backside defensive end crashes, Tannehill will pull the ball, he'll play action, he'll run out, and there'll be somebody wide open. He's got nobody in his face, and he can throw it. If the defensive end starts playing towards the quarterback, they'll start handing the ball off, and then they don't have anybody to crash on that back, that cutback lane, kind of the same way that we saw with Chris Jones. Chris Jones was looking at Tannehill because he's bootlegging away there, and he's making sure he has the ball. Frank Clark, Terrell Suggs are both excellent with their play ID. They are super quick at it. Suggs especially has used that to the best of his ability, and he's able to attack and get after guys. I expect them to cause so many more problems than we've seen out of some of these guys. Against the Ravens, they absolutely abused their outside linebackers. Those guys just don't play with the same sort of discipline, the same sort of eye you know, control and everything like that that we've seen out of Clark and Suggs. I expect both of those guys to have a potentially big day defending that. We may see a sack where Frank Clark just shoots up on that bootleg and brings Tannehill down for 11 yards because they're trying to get him to bite on something. I'm I'm eager to see that again because that's where they get their bread and butter. Those are their third down plays. That's the type of stuff where they can pick up the chunks of 8, 9, 10 versus those deep throws that everybody's kind of remembering out of Ryan Tannehill. I was planning on talking about Khalif Raymond. That's why I remembered his name. <laughs> I, I, you know, the thing that if the Chiefs can eliminate some of those those big play action shots, I think I really like their chances. Uh, you know, obviously they've had a lot of success on the ground, um, and and that's all great and stuff. But eliminating some of these big explosive pass plays, I think, is is a is a, a very helpful thing because Ryan Tannehill hasn't had much production outside of those. And I don't remember what he threw for. Like outside of that throw, Tannehill threw for like thirty yards. Uh, Khalif Raymond snuck up on some people. I don't think he's going to sneak up on the Chiefs because he's they've already seen him make a big play down the field uh, in a game against them. He was part of part of the reason the Chiefs lost because of that play action shot uh, that they that they had the first time around. So, I mean, you gotta you gotta be mindful of those explosive passing plays. Uh, blitzing Ryan Tannehill, Craig. That's something you wanted to talk about. 
It is. If the Chiefs go up big in this game uh, for at least the rest of that half before they kind of refocus and get back to Derrick Henry, you're going to see Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball a lot. And it won't be off of play action. It's going to be Ryan Tannehill standing back there and just lining up to throw the ball. Tannehill over the past two weeks has not handled the blitz well. He has been panicked. He has been rushed. He has frankly looked pretty poor against it. Now, this offensive line is fantastic at picking up blitzes. They are terrific at you know shifting protection and getting guys to where they need to be. But Tannehill is still very skittish. We've seen a lot of mistakes by Ryan Tannehill over the past two weeks from blitzes. We know the Ravens are good are a good blitzing team. We know the Patriots are a good blitzing team. We know that Steve Spagnolo will have creative pressure packages. I would expect that if the Chiefs get up two scores, we may see Steve Spagnolo just ratchet up the pressure for a drive or two, get Ryan Tannehill off his game, start speeding up that counter, and force them away from maybe some of the play action passes that they may want to install later, knowing that Spagnolo is going to be sending the house on a lot of plays. Listen, I'm trying really hard not to go full rant Swanson here, but this is the most pure Tannehill category that we have. So here it is. Ryan Tannehill has played very good this year. A lot of what Ryan Tannehill has done has been wide open. He hasn't been asked to make elaborate processing parts of his game during it. He hasn't been asked to make a lot of difficult throws. He's not having to dissect defenses that are throwing multiple different coverage shells at him and trying to mix things up and trying to beat him. He is, like Craig said, he doesn't always identify the blitz. He doesn't handle it well when it comes. His pocket presence, awareness, any of that, it didn't just magically get better. He's not all of a sudden become Tom Brady mixed with Ryan Tannehill. He just is in an offense that is doing a very good job of giving him things to do that he's very good at, and he is executing them very well. So you can confuse Ryan Tannehill. This is a guy that still was a late tra- or move to a quarterback, and he still plays like it mentally at times. This is a guy you can blitz him and get him off his timing, make him second-guess waiting for the slow drag off a play-action pass to come across open over the middle, make him second-guess getting to hold the ball and try to get the wide-open guy that got matched up with the linebacker. You just mix up your coverages, you mix up your blitzes, you make Ryan Tannehill think and actually have to process like a quarterback, something that he has not had to do a ton this year, you still get a very average quarterback rather than this league-best quarterback that gets pushed out there because he's throwing to so many wide-open guys. Blitzing him is where it starts, and not just lining up a linebacker over an A-gap and releasing him, but bringing the pressure from all these different places all over the field, like we've seen Steve Spagnuolo doing them. Ryan Tannehill picks up those. He makes the right hot reads. He completes the pass. Maybe my tune will change then, but I would challenge Ryan Tannehill to do that over and over again for the entire game and just take my chances that he's not going to do something he had not done his entire career for a whole football game. So here, here comes the offensive guy talking offense again. I just want to reiterate, it does not have to be a, a Derrick Henry game. It does not have to be a Derrick Henry game. If the offense goes out and does what it does, it's going to turn into Patrick LaVon Mahomes versus Ryan Tannehill. I honestly think if they can find a way to be aggressive and productive early offensively, this game is over. Because if it turns into we need Ryan Tannehill to sling the ball around the field, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. It does not have to be a, Ryan, a Derrick Henry game. Go out offensively, 
be what we all know you're capable of. Well, he saw it for three quarters against the Texans. Go do that. You're going to Miami. All right, players to watch. This week, I'm looking at a linebacker, and it's not my son, who everybody seems to be talking about as maybe being the only guy that can step up and stop Derrick Henry. I think that he can definitely help. But Damian Wilson is my player to watch this week. Damian Wilson is a guy that's going to see a lot of snaps because when they do go in the nickel, Damian Wilson's probably still staying on the field. I wouldn't expect a lot of dime, a lot of the light nickel that they've used you know, over the end of the season here. Damian Wilson is one of the few guys that is fearless on that second level. Now, it's not to say that Anthony Hitchens and Reggie Ragland aren't or Ben Neiman isn't, but Damian Wilson just plays differently. He throws himself into encounters a lot better. He's very aggressive. If there's somebody that I think can come out and set the tone against Eric Henry, a big, big guy, Damian Wilson's a big guy too. If he flies downhill and he blows up Derrick Henry on an early run play, you want to talk about that stadium exploding? They will. He could be a tide turner up front for them. If he has a big day, then Derrick Henry's not going to have a big day. And that spells you know, good things for the Chiefs. For me, it's going to be one of my current favorite Chiefs, and that's not my landlord, Tyron Matthew. I do think he makes a couple big plays this week, but I actually it's going to be Frank Clark coming off of his dominant performance last week versus the Texans. I think he's going to continue it, but it's not just going to be as a pass rusher. I think if you get the Frank Clark that played against the Ravens earlier this year where they were literally afraid to run his direction, if you can force the Titans to run away from Frank Clark or when they do run at him, he makes an active impact on the play and makes them think twice about it again. That really limits what the Titans can do in their rushing attack. That helps the Chiefs a ton with those linebacks, with Damian Wilson, with Reggie Ragland, Anthony Hitchens getting to fire down. They can have a good idea of where the run's going to go. You let you make the Titans afraid to run at Frank Clark. When they drop back to pass, we talked about a little bit, pressuring Tannehill. He's taken 31 sacks in his 11 starts or 11 games he played this year. That's almost three a game. That's up there near the league lead. Frank Clark's going to have a chance. Taylor Luan's a good player. I think you saw him and Frank Clark go at it a little bit in that first game. He's not unbeatable. And if you really want to have success, you put Frank Clark over Jack Conklin and let him try to get deep yes. in the slide versus Frank Clark. It's over. <laughs> so Frank Clark's going to affect the game as a pass rusher 100%. But I think he can have a huge impact if he can make a couple stops against the run and force the Titans to run away from him like some teams have done this year. You guys have brought Jack Conklin up. You've brought Cam Irving up today. You're just trying to get me fired up. Seriously, Kansas- have Derrick Henry run at Terrell Suggs, please. Like, Let's that's go. the other option, please. Let's go. Bring it. We want this smoke. Mm-hmm. I do want this smoke. I really do. I want this. You know what? I am so excited for this football team to take on Derrick Henry. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for that challenge. I'm ready to watch this football team with that Derrick Henry shoved down their throat. Shove it right back at them. I cannot wait for this football game. I really believe that this team has been through so much this year that this process that they've been working to build to this moment is coming for an opportunity like this where they got to go take on a guy who is 250 pounds in 20 degree weather. But I don't think it matters. I really don't think it matters. I'm going to start predicting the game now if I'm not careful. I'm sick and tired 
of being the bridesmaid. I am sick of it. I am so over this. It is this team's turn. It is Andy Reid's turn. It is Patrick LeVon Mahomes' turn. We have all been through so much in Kansas City. We finally got the guy who can actually do it, who can actually take this team to a Super Bowl. It's his turn. He has played at such a ridiculous level the first two years of his career. It is unfathomable how how lucky we are, and we will realize it. We're going to realize it on February 3rd because this team's winning a Super Bowl. My player to watch is Mike Pinnell. <laughs> Predictions. I don't know why. I just, the energy, I've had so much energy this last day. Like, I, I'm See, sick I and tired. You, I thought you were going to pick Joey Ivey, who plays for the Titans. He might be your player to watch. He could be Mike active. Pinnell. And Mike Pinnell could be active on the same. Casey, you're getting your wish. Mike Pinnell's playing, and he's yes. helping stop the run against Derrick Henry. He will. Predictions. He I'm sorry. Go to predictions, Craig. Listen, the Titans are a good football team. I'm not going to try and pretend like they're not. I Obviously, they're led by Henry. Tannehill's play action passing. They embody what Mike Vrabel is. They are assignment sound. They are uh, they are aggressive. They don't quit. Like Everything that you remember as a player for Mike Vrabel, that's what this team is. And that's what makes them scary to a lot of people. But that's the difference. They're not as talented. They they don't have the same weapons. They don't have the same stars. They don't have the same players that can step up in big games like we've seen the Chiefs do in this past week. That team right there, that team would have rolled over and died if it was any other team other than the Chiefs team that we have this year. It's not going to happen. The Titans are going to hang around. Like I think that this is going to be a game where it fluctuates between you know, maybe a 14-point lead for the Chiefs all the way down to a four-point lead for the Chiefs and late the Chiefs score a touchdown to get it up over double digits. I've got the Chiefs 35-24. They're going to a Super Bowl. They can't be stopped. You can't stop this team. I spent a lot of time talking some X's and O's. We've been talking about philosophy, how to score on the Titans, how to beat their defense, how to stop Derrick Henry, how you beat their offense, so on and so forth. So we're not going to make this real long. The Chiefs are going to start this game as slow as they did last week, and they can't. If they do, this Titans team will drag that game along, and they will not be able to score 51 points in it. However, if the Chiefs can just even keep pace with the Titans for the first quarter, if not get ahead of them, but if they just keep pace – it's over. The Titans are not going to score consistently enough, fast enough, or quite essentially, they're just not scary enough on offense to keep up with the Chiefs if they are clicking on all cylinders like they have been. Chiefs put up over 30, game's over. Chiefs 38, Titans 27. And I really, at this point in time, I'm not sure it's even going to be that low of a scoring game for the Chiefs because I don't think any defense is ready to stop them right now. This season can't end on Sunday. It just can't. It can't. What this city has been through the last two years with this football team, being at the doorstep. This group was at the doorstep a year ago. It's not happening. It's not it's 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 not ending on Sunday. It can't. This this is too good of a story. There's been too much adversity this group has been through. There's been too much there's too much pain 
from last year still on this roster, and it starts with the best quarterback in football. Chiefs 33, Titans 20. We'll see you on Monday to talk about a Chiefs AFC championship. Catch you later. Exercise the demons. Exercise the demons.